You are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. These are the words that Jesus heard in our passage last week from Matthew chapter 3, as he emerged from the waters of John's baptism. You are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. These are the words that both confirmed and further compelled his sense of mission and purpose. These are the words that from that moment onward would frame his way of seeing everything. It was a seminal moment in Jesus' life. It was the moment that he'd later be able to turn back to and say, here is where it all started. Here is where my mission and my ministry came into stark focus. Here is where the journey that lie before me became crystal clear. Here in this moment that we read last week at the end of Matthew chapter 3. And I mentioned that this morning, and I mentioned Jesus' stark clarity from that moment this morning, only in order to then redirect our attention to what happens immediately after this in Matthew's gospel from our passage today. For no sooner has this baptism taken place No sooner has Jesus affirmed his life's purpose and vocation. No sooner has Jesus fully embraced his belovedness by God, his Father, than suddenly Jesus finds himself cast out into the wilderness. Cast away from the certainty he just felt about his mission Cast away from the certainty he just felt about his connection to and his belovedness by God. Listen closely, please, to the disruption that happens right here in Matthew's narrative. I begin with the last verse of chapter 3 and go directly into the first verse of chapter 4. And I quote, And a voice came from heaven saying, This is my Son, the Beloved with whom I am well pleased. And now on into chapter 4. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Do you catch that? Do you catch, do you you hear the disjunction between those two things? I love you. Now go struggle by yourself in the wilderness for a while. It really is a jarring transition, one that we have a way of reading right past. One moment all is beautiful and inspiring and crystal clear. The next, Jesus finds himself all alone in the throes of the wilderness. What's going on here? What's happening? And what can we today learn from any of it? Well, to begin to approach an answer to those questions, let's first say a quick word on Dante's famous epic poem, The Divine Comedy. A landmark of Western literature, The Divine Comedy begins with these lines, and again I quote, Midway through the journey of our life, I found myself lost in a deep dark wood, 
for the straightway path had been lost. Let me read that one more time. Midway through the journey of our life, I found myself lost in a deep, dark wood, for the straightway path had been lost. Now, there's a world of meaning in just this one line, but there are four things in particular in this line that I want to draw our attention to this morning. The first is this. Notice that Dante writes, midway through the journey of our life, our, plural, meaning this is not just a story about Dante. Meaning that instead, this is a story about all of us, about everyone, about human nature and about ultimate reality itself, midway through the journey of our life. Okay, now second. Midway through the journey of our life. In other words, Dante is implying that life is not a circular thing nor a sedentary thing, but that instead life is a steady movement headed in a certain direction towards something. That it is a journey, midway through the journey of our life. Okay, third. Midway through the journey of our life, I found myself lost. Meaning up until this point, everything seemed to be going just fine. Up until this point, I was journeying like a champ. I was one footing it in front of the other. My mission and my purpose were clear to me and they directed me like a compass. But then, but then suddenly it, it all fell apart. Suddenly all that had seemed so clear to me now became inscrutable. Whereas... Once I was found, now suddenly I was lost. Midway through the journey of our life, I found myself lost. And then finally, fourth, I found myself lost for the straightway path had been lost. In other words, suddenly everything that I thought I knew suddenly Everything that had once given my life assurance and clarity and comfort and direction now seemed to have fallen apart and to have lost all meaning. The straightway path was no longer straight at all. Suddenly it made no sense. Midway through the journey of our life, I found myself lost in a dark wood where the straightway path had been lost. Okay, is that enough Dante for everyone? Let's pivot from the intro to classic literature back to the end of Matthew chapter 3. You are my son, Jesus hears God say. You are my beloved. With you I am well pleased. And in this moment, his body dripping wet from his plunge in the Jordan, the sun shining bright above him, the birds of the air singing sweetly around him. In this moment, it all seems clear. The kingdom of God has arrived, he knows, and I am to go forward and proclaim it. 
It is a beautiful, life-affirming moment. It is the moment that sets him forth on his subsequent journey, a journey that he, in this moment, is certain will lead him onward to Galilee and straight into his mission as sent by God the Father of preaching the kingdom of God. But a journey that instead leads him straight into the wilderness, straight into the deep, dark wood, as Dante would put it, straight into the place where he finds himself lost and alone. Straight, the scripture puts it, into the wilderness. And here's what we see happen in that moment. Here in this wilderness, here in this deep, dark wood, here in the loneliness and estrangement and uncertainty, here in this existential crisis of sorts, here the tempter himself comes to Christ. Comes to him and begins calling into question everything he's otherwise been so certain of. His belovedness by God. His assurance that God really is there with him. His certainty that his heart's desire really is to proclaim God's kingdom. His certainty that God really is watching over him after all. And so that then leads us to a word on providence. The English word that we translate as providence comes to us from the Latin word providere. And providere is a combination of the prefix pro, which means before, and the verb videre, which means to see. Thus, our English word providence has built into it a dual meaning, a twofold meaning. It means both foreseeing and seeing for. Foreseeing. And seeing for. In other words, providence speaks both of special insight into that which is yet to come, as well as of special provision being made for that which is foreseen. Do you follow that? Foreseeing and seeing for. Providere. Providence. And here's why any of this matters. To fully understand what has just happened in these two verses, to understand the disruption that we see take place right here in Matthew's gospel, to understand the full scope of what Matthew is telling us through his account of Jesus' baptism and his time in the wilderness and his ultimate journey out of it and into his life's purpose, to understand this all, we must first understand that this is a passage dealing with God's providence. About God's foreseeing and seeing for Jesus. About God's presence in it with Jesus and through it with Jesus. About the way God was all the while leading and guiding and supporting Jesus even when it was not otherwise apparent. And that then brings me to the opening words of Anne Lamott's spiritual memoir, Traveling Mercies. 
Reflecting on the winding journey that led Lamotte, much to her great astonishment, to a profession of Christian faith, Lamotte, looking back on all of it years later, writes this, and I quote, My coming to faith did not start with a leap, but rather with a series of staggers from what seemed like one safe place to another. Like lily pads, round and green, these places summoned me and then held me while I grew. Each prepared me for the next leaf on which I would land, and in this way I moved across the swamp of doubt and fear. When I look back at some of these early resting places, I can see how flimsy and indirect a path they made. Yet I can also see how each step brought me closer to the verdant pad of faith on which I somehow stay afloat today. Isn't that beautiful? Since the day I first read those lines some 15 years ago, I have found them to be an exquisite illustration of how the faith journey works. That it's a series of leaps from one place to the next, never in the moment clear how and in what way those leaps are being guided and encouraged and inspired, but later in retrospect, a series of leaps where one can, if she'll but have eyes to see, see the hand of God's providence and the outline of the zigzagging path behind her. And here's why I read Anne Lamott's lines before we unpack the story of God's providence in the life of Jesus. As Jesus sat there in the wilderness, alone and adrift, after having just affirmed his life's calling in and for God, there in the wilderness, he too, like Lamont, like all of us, no doubt, wrestled with the unclarity of God's providence in his life. To read the story of Jesus' time in the wilderness and not notice this element as being a central theme that Matthew is trying to draw our attention to is to willfully disregard the fully human aspect of Jesus' dual nature. For like Dante and therefore like all of us as well here in the wilderness... Midway through the journey of his life, so to speak, here Jesus finds himself in a deep, dark wood. Here Jesus finds himself lost, for the straightway path has momentarily been lost. So now let me ask you a question. Do we not also know about the deep, dark wood? Do we not also know about the straightway path being lost? Do we not also know about how the journey can seem so clear and so beautiful and so simple one moment, only to have it all fall apart the next? I do. And I'm certain that you do too. Because that is the reality of life. That is part and parcel of the life journey. One day we're married and happy and the future of our family seems a given. 
The next day we're divorced or we're estranged or we've experienced some crushing tragedy that we never thought possible. One day we're successful and self-assured and financially secure. The next day we're laid off or our business falls apart. Our life circumstances bleed from us all that we've worked so hard to build up. One day we're young and we're strong and we're hopeful and we're certain. The next day we're aging and we're tiring and we're second guessing and we're no longer so sure. One day it all seems so clear. The next day nothing seems clear at all. It is the story of our lives. It is the story of how all the things we falsely imagine we can control ultimately prove themselves to have been all along uncontrollable. It's the story of how the journey we thought to be so simple and so straightforward ultimately proves to have been all along a journey that by its very nature leads us through many twists and turns and through many times in the deep dark forest. It's a journey that proves to lead us into periods in the wilderness. Am I right? And like with Jesus, here in our moments of wilderness experience, here's where the question of God's providence really occurs to us where we really grapple with it and think about it. Because if we are people who profess belief in God, if we are people who believe we are beloved by God, if we are people who believe that God is always with us and watching over us and providing for us, if so, then it is in these wilderness moments, these moments when all seems wrong and bleak and purposeless and out of control, If we are people who believe in God, then it is in these moments that we begin to really wonder whether God is watching out for us after all. That we begin to wonder whether God really loves us after all. That we begin to wonder whether God really has any purpose for our lives after all. Yes, we, like Dante, know what it's like to get lost in a deep, dark forest midway along life's otherwise straightforward journey. For we, like Jesus, know what it's like to be driven out into the wilderness, even though we've just reaffirmed our commitment to God. We all still together at this point? All right, so here's the point. Here's where all of this has been going. Here's what I hope to draw our attention to this morning. There is a life-changing kernel of insight in this passage, if we'll but have eyes to see it. The very fact that Jesus, God become human, spends time like this in the wilderness, spends time wrestling with the difficulties and the complexities and the uncertainties of human life. This very fact alone is evidence enough for us that our own times of wrestling in the wilderness are not signs that God is not with us. 
Or that God is somehow displeased with us? Or that God has not adequately provided for us? Instead, if we'll look closely at the full sweep of Matthew 3 and 4, if we'll consider this arc from baptism to wilderness to subsequent arrival in Galilee, if we'll look closely at Jesus, And if we'll see Jesus' story as a model for our own story, then we'll suddenly recognize that God is not only there with us in the wilderness, but that God is also already out ahead of us, calling us forward to a place of peace and fullness and wholeness. If we'll but see that, then we'll recognize that during our times in the wilderness, God, like with Jesus, has not only foreseen this time in the mire, but that God is all the while seeing for our time in the mire as well. Do you follow that? It's critical. If we'll but have eyes to see, we'll see in this passage from Matthew a beautiful and comforting commentary on what the providence of God really is. We'll see that God's providence is not some deal we strike, whereby God, if we profess our simple belief in Him, will now divert all difficulty and all complexity and all tragedy from our paths. And we'll see that God's providence is not some setup whereby God becomes a sort of micromanager of our lives and of all of human history along with it. No, we'll see instead that God's providence refers to God's promise to give us the freedom to make our own choices and to let nature take its own course but that by virtue of that providence, God, unlike us, already foresees the dark forests our courses will pass through. And that before we ever even enter them, and later as we're finding our way through them, that God's providence is all the while seeing for us throughout. All the while quietly and steadily and lovingly directing our steps along a path toward his kingdom come. Quietly and steadily and lovingly guiding our wayward leaps from lily pad to lily pad to lily pad. That we see in Matthew 3 and 4 is what God's providence really is. And so then in the final analysis, Matthew places the story of Jesus being driven into the wilderness in such immediate proximity to his experience of baptism for one very simple yet vital reason. Matthew does this to remind all would-be Christ followers that just like Jesus, no sooner will we have risen anew from the waters of our baptism. No sooner will we have committed or recommitted our lives to trusting God. No sooner will we have professed our desire to make things on earth a little more as they are in heaven. No sooner will we have affirmed or reaffirmed our faith. 
then we, like Christ, will find ourselves flung into the wilderness. Not once, not twice, but repeatedly. A perpetual journey from clarity to confusion back to clarity, from purposefulness to perplexity back to purposefulness. It's just part and parcel of the faith journey amid the human situation. The Jesus story in Matthew 3 and 4 is our reminder that no matter how certain we are about our lives and our purpose, that still somehow, someway, midway through the journey of our life, we will find ourselves in a deep, dark wood. But that is not all this story tells us. Because again, if we'll have eyes to see, We'll recognize this story also tells us that no matter how dark the forest is and no matter how empty the wilderness might be, that God's providence is there with us throughout the journey, throughout the whole journey. They're with us in the waters of our baptism. They're with us in the moments of wilderness. They're with us as we emerge stronger and more seasoned on the other side. Yes, this is the story of God's providence in Jesus' life. And it is therefore the story of God's providence in our own lives as well. So this morning, as we draw to a close, let us quietly consider what ways God has foreseen and seen for us thus far in our journeys. Let us quietly recall the leaps and the lily pads that have led us here to this place that we are today. And let us, as we discern the hand of God and the wayward paths we've traveled, let us leave this day reassured that just as God has been there with us before, so will God continue to be there with us every time the straightway path gets lost. And we find ourselves being led into the wilderness. Amen.